Surrey Girl. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. That there just was the East Vamps with Surrey Girl. Thank you, Jerry Jen. Coming up on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show here today, or starting off on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show today, an interview with Surfer Blood. And an interview with, and I have to warn you right now, please tune out if you're easily offended, Schnoop Doggy Dog! Schnoop Doggy Dog and Surfer Blood today on the Nardwar de Human Serviette Radio Show, CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada! Tomorrow, if you're looking for something to do, the band The Balconies are going to be doing an in-store at Neptune Records, that's 3561 Main Street, the band The Balconies, and they're playing uniquely at two different times at 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. So that's 3 and 6 p.m. The Balconies tomorrow at Neptune Records. And on Sunday, it's the Record Swap Meet, 11 to 4 at the CCC, the Croatian Cultural Center. Right now, here's a band the Burning Itch, or Burning Itch, was given to me when I was at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. The fine gentleman from Burning Itch ran up to me and handed over their 7-inch. So here is their song, Dickin' Me Over, then some Surfer Blood, then an interview with Surfer Blood, and then again, please tune out if you're easily offended, an interview with Snoop Doggy Dog!
Surfer Blood. And who's in Surfer Blood? I'm JP, and this is Marcos. Hi, I'm Marcos, and that's Brian. I'm I'm Brian, and this is Thomas. Hey, I'm Thomas. This guy right here is TJ. Hey, I'm TJ. And together you are Surfer Blood. Uh, Surfer Blood, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's some. Uh, it's my first time here, so it's cool. It's pretty. There's somebody you'd like to thank, isn't there, Surfer Blood? Diplo. Yes, thank you, Diplo. Really? Is that who we're thanking? Yeah. Diplo? <laughs> Why? Why should you thank Diplo? Because we met at a Diplo party. That's so awesome you tuned into that. That was my first question there. Look, thank you, Diplo. 
<laughs> we cheated and saw that beforehand. But yeah, thank you, Diplo, wherever you are. Can you explain a bit about that, Marcos? Because were you there at that time? I was. I was actually uh, in the background, probably on the f like floor, probably really smashed while they were all meeting together. Uh, I went for the re free red stripe, and uh, I think that's why all of us were there. But um, I was floating around in the background somewhere while these guys were all talking, meeting up. So yeah, that was fun, though. I mean, it was a Diplo after party. Well, it was uh, ultra music. It was Diplo and Lil John in a warehouse for Ultra Music Festival. That was the after party. And, you know, they did a whole performance and there was a lot of free alcohol, a lot of people puking in a parking lot, you know, the whole... And none of us went to Ultra, so yeah. it was kind of, we just kind of went we, because yeah, we, we had nothing else to do. We were actually both in different bands playing shows down the street at like an empty bar at like midnight and, you know, then we just all met up down there and got depressed pretty much. Have you guys thanked Diplo personally? Uh, not yet. Hopefully soon. What's the closest you've got to Diplo aside from the after? Was he even at the after party? No, but uh, he actually um, he's he's I'm I'm guessing friends by now with our friend Derek Miller, who's in Sleigh Bells, uh, working together on an MIA album. So. And one of his assistants, Paul Devro, lives in Vancouver. I did not know that. Well, lived in Vancouver because now he's an assistant with Diplo. Oh wow! Diplo has assistants. Like how many? <laughs> I think he at least has one. Really? Oh. He's like really helping Diplo. I don't know if it's assistant or whatever. But he's like a Diplo right hand man, Paul Devro from Vancouver. Wow. Thanks, Diplo. <laughs> thank you, Paul. Paul Devro. Paul Devro, thank you. And thank you, Sir for Blood. You're welcome. <laughs> Sir for Blood. People have looked at you and wondered the age. What is the age? What is the average age of Sir for Blood? The mean, median, or range age. I guess the average. Um, the mean. 20, 22. It would be like the middle, the middle age for us, I think. Because some people, bloggers, have commented that they've seen X's on your hands. Um, Two members are definitely yeah, underage. That could be true. That could be true. Yeah. I have. Does that mean you're straight edge, or does it mean you are a bit young? Um, well, I think what the clubs are implying is that they're making me straight edge for that night, so I just I comply. So you just keep that X right on your hand; it's still stuck on there. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind being branded. I don't. So. And X looks great because you played South by Southwest. This is very true. You played with Death. Yeah, we did. That was incredible. That was really good. What was Death like? They were really neat, and they seemed like really nice guys backstage. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of like weird because, like you know, like all the other bands were like you know, I guess like a lot younger <laughs> and sounded you know not quite like them. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty much like they got frozen in the '60s and like their cryogenic chamber got brought to the show and they unfroze them and they played a set. <laughs> it, was, it was really crazy. Not the 60s. Though. <laughs> well, you know what I'm just saying. Like, but they're characters. For actually, sure. funny story. They borrowed um, uh, our friends in Past Lives bass amp and, uh, and you know, he kind of explained the settings to him a little bit and then he's like, well, are you going to go check it for me on stage? He's just like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Death versus... Surfer blood. Surfer blood. Yeah. So was there some blood afterwards? Was there some checking on stage? There was actually a lot of blood on stage because I think my hand exploded that night and I was bleeding all over the place. Yeah, the first day of South By, he was shredding on guitar and he cut open his hand and he somehow managed to cut it open every show that we played at South By, which was like three a day. Unless you cut your hand, it's just... It's like a wrestler has like those open wounds that like reopen, right? Yeah, right. It's never going to... It, people want it every show, don't they? I thought it looked great. Yeah, yeah. people were applauding at his blood. Like as soon as they saw all the blood and him like wiping it off during songs, people were, were wiping it up with chanting. with napkins and eating it. Yeah. Well, here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with Nardwar the Human Serviette, which is kind of like a napkin. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. And I'm from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and your good friends in the band of Japan Droids are from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, too. Yeah, those are, those are our buds. It's a shame they couldn't be here. They're out on tour on the East Coast now, so we kind of like traded places for a few weeks. And what if the Japan Droids told you about Canada or about Vancouver? It's a pretty place. Have they told you about the surfing at all here? No, not at all. Because in Tofino, British Columbia, Canada, it is rated, that's close to Vancouver, well, a couple hours out of Vancouver on Vancouver Island, the number one surfer destination in North America. Wow, we should get this guy out on the board then. TJ knows how to surf. He's probably one. TJ's the only one who knows how to surf. I had no clue about this. So I thought, okay, you're here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You're near Tofino, the destination, the number one destination for surfing in... Vancouver? No, North America. Uh, North America, it was rated. It was rated like a surfing magazine as the number one destination for surfing in North America. That's pretty interesting. And you're not going to make it there, are you? No, he was more excited about the snowboarding up on that tall mountain out there. And the Japan droids didn't tell you about the surfing, did they? They didn't. How far is it from here? It's probably going to take about a day to get there, and you probably got another gig to play, don't you, TJ? Yeah, in uh, three days from here. However, I did think that you should be reminded in future of your missed opportunity. Here is a gift for you guys. The Ventures. Thank you so much. So you can listen to their surfing theme music. Now, this is not their surfing album, but it is the Canadian issue for you guys to listen to. Thank you so much. So when you listen to this, you can think of the number one surfing destination in... Northern America. (laughs) In North America is Tofino, British Columbia, Canada. I'm going to surf while listening to the Batman theme, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) What exactly did you guys talk about with the Japan droids? Was there something about 80-proof root beer? Yeah, oh, you saw that. Um, Yeah, this guy, when we were playing the show with them, um, this guy from Pennsylvania who we met there, he kept telling us while we were there. His name is Drew, right? Yeah, Drew. Drew. And the Urban Outfitters music director. And, like, he was like, I'm a... Yeah, he was really, really tall. But, like, in Pennsylvania, he kept telling us about... um, about this root beer stuff that was like 80 proof and when we got there he had like a bottle waiting for us um i think we finished it in like 10 minutes because it was so delicious and that was with the japan droids that was with um uh, brian and dave yeah so you talked about 80 proof root beer but no surfing right but now you're gonna school those japan droids on the surf rock and tofino Absolutely. we we could we could do that yeah um. and you are Surfer Blood? And you are specifically? JP. JP, you did an interview in Prefix Magazine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in Prefix Magazine, you said, Surfer Blood is like Andrew WK meets the early cure? Um, yeah, because, like, you know, it's not like, you know, like, oh, I think I was just talking about Swim, which is kind of like what I thought about when I first, like, wrote that riff, was, um, yeah, this could be an Andrew W.K. song, maybe. So I decided to contact Andrew W.K. Nah. Yes, I contacted Andrew W.K. and put JP's words to Andrew W.K. What did he say? Andrew W.K. said to say to JP, thank you for being like Andrew W.K. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Andrew W.K., for being yourself. That's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. That's what he said. He also said he shares some similarities with you guys because you played his club, Santos Party House. We also had a meltdown that night on stage. Yeah. yeah. And um, our set fell apart. I actually threw my guitar on the ground and walked off stage that night. Only time I've ever done that. That's interesting what happened at Andrew WK's club. Such a positive type play. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it was um, it was a dark time, but we got over it. Everybody, need, everybody needs one of those uh, kind of breakdowns to uh, solidify their 
identity, I guess. We needed to play a shit show just to, like, prove that, like, we can't always play really good shows, I guess. No. And we did. If you could tell Andrew, though, that we'd love to come back and conquer Santos and uh, prove ourselves. We would love another chance to, to rock Santos' party house. We will tell him. Maybe you could address the camera right there. Okay. Andrew, if you're watching this, um, we would love to come back to your venue, Santos' party house, and, you know, really, really bring our A game. <laughs> and your f- instead of our D minus game, <laughs> and your Florida game too, because Andrew WK also pointed out that he has band members from Florida, and of course you guys are from Florida. 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 That's awesome. Yes, there's more Andrew WK comparisons. Although I don't know if he's ever had a breakdown. We'll have to ask him. Andrew WK, have you had a nervous breakdown at Santos? He probably has. If you're a club owner, have you seen club owners have nervous breakdowns on all these tours? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Portland, oh careful. God. <laughs> that was the most stressed out guy I've ever seen. So I started like moving really slow to see if he'd get like even angrier at me. And I don't think he did, but he was, yeah, he was really stressed out. Really what do you think was making the stress? Steroid. I don't know. Was it steroid? Roid rage, they, definitely. They also had a show just before we were loading in, and they had to load us out and load us all in at the same time. It was uh, it was really hectic, so I could understand why he was stressed out. Sir for Blood, what about shows in Florida? Parafora Presents. What can you tell the people about that? Chris. Oh, my God. No, I, I think Tom actually knows. Um... Chris? No, no. Chris Anderson. Oh. Yeah, Chris Anderson, yeah. That's Chris Anderson? Yeah. Oh. Parafora presents. What can you tell the people about that? Oh wow, I'm I'm speechless actually. Chris is Chris is an excellent guy. He puts on great shows, uh, and he he'll help you out. Fear band, contact Chris. He's a great guy, and um, it's based out of Orlando. Orlando backspace. There's some gigs there. Back booth is what it's called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bartenders? Yeah, the bar- it's, not, it's not our favorite place to play. I mean, we've had- one of the places, the Vagabond. Oh, that's in Miami. That's that's that a is, that's an- that is a super hip. I thought I saw some pictures of you guys playing there. It looks like there was a stripper's pool maybe in the middle. There definitely there, 100% is, yes. Two. One on either side, so. And thank you, JP, for climbing on the stripper's pool so I could have a picture of that. Well, we <laughs> yes, no problem. I do it all the time, so. We, we had an issue that night. Um, every time there were uh, girls on the around the pole, um, we just kind of we kind of have to stop and just ask them kind of nicely to get down from the pole. So I think they just kept doing it, and finally JP was like, you know what? And he kind of jumps up there and like does like a little swipe and knocks them all off the pole and starts soloing. And it was beautiful, and someone captured it as you saw. Now, TJ, what did you think about that when the girls were told to get off the pole because JP was there? Um, it was all for the show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. It was just it was one of those impulsive things that you do when you're, you know, when you're in that place in your head. What about that other club you were just talking about before I interrupted you and brought up the stripper poles? Oh, back booth. Um, bartender suck. <laughs> or one bartender sucks. I don't want to make any enemies. You can go ahead. No, our friend was there for like um, uh, her 21st birthday and stuff. She was at one of our shows, which is really cool of her. And you know, she's kind of like, you know, she doesn't take a lot of shit. You know what I mean? She's just one of those girls. And this guy asks her if she'll lie down on her back while he pours multiple types of alcohol into her mouth. Because it's her birthday, and she's, you know, of legal drinking age all of a sudden. Um, and she didn't want to do it. I think he didn't ask so nicely, though. I think it was like, you know, open your mouth, bitch, or something like that, you know? Um, so, yeah, it was just like... She, uncomfortable, for sure. And she, was, and she was like, no. And he's like, oh, why not? And she's like, I'm just not going to do that. And then he almost kicked her out because she ruined everyone's night by not 
opening her mouth. Yeah. You guys have amazing recall for these gigs. Uh, it was a really good friend of ours. I mean, we were all infuriated. Why isn't there alcohol down our throats? No, no, no. We, they wanted to kick her out. I mean, it was her it was birthday. misunderstanding, kind of. Yeah, like, they did, just didn't, from different worlds, you know? But in general, though, you remember your gigs. Oh, oh totally. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was wondering about. The American Legion Hall. Oh, that, 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 that show was great. What is that place like? It's kind of unique. It's on Biscayne Bay? Biscayne Boulevard, but yeah. Um, I think it's not. I think it's on Biscayne Bay, like he was saying. Is that what that is? Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. A little festival that, yeah, they, that yeah. they put together, Death to the Sun. Um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that was a bar on the inside, and there were a couple football games going on, and there was pool. And then on the outside, we played like kind of on like a Florida room type area, and we destroyed our we we destroyed our stuff that night. And yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good time. Took us close to half an hour to pick up the pieces of our of our equipment. That happens to us a lot, though. <laughs> Seemed like a neat Legion Hall gig. I don't think I was there. It was just, it was just, um, uh, it was just a venue or a space. Would have been better if Marcos was there. Yeah, yes. Totally. I think I was there in spirit, in the broken instruments on the ground. Yeah, yes. Marcus, Marcus Undoubtedly, he was there in spirit. Marcos hadn't joined yet. That was that was a uh, pre-CMJ. Surfer blood. That's what I was wondering about. Florida, Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, the Lion Country Expedition. What is that? You have. So you know what Lion Country Safari is? It's the best. You are driving your car to even get there. You have to drive through, and there's all these animals, and there's like real lions, like right outside of your car. Um, it was mentioned in like in the Simpsons or something. Probably. It's it's very Simpson-esque for sure. Um, there's actually a uh, the uh, my girlfriend and I had this moment where we were we were driving past some. Um, what are they called? Oh, uh, an ostrich. And it started kind of pecking at the window, and we realized it was just pecking at its um, at its reflection. reflection. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty sad. I've had giraffe in the car before. It was it was a pretty cool experience. I mean, it, but there's a lot of animals out there, and the lions are pretty intense. It's a drive-through zoo, basically, isn't it? It is. They have a whole... I was I was shocked. One time I went, I watched a monkey pick up... Oh, didn't you tell me the story, too? You saw one, too? The, the bottle of water? I've seen a monkey do it with a cup, like pick up a cup and fill it up with water right next to their little island that they have. But, I mean, the, people throw stuff at them every now and then so Tom was actually telling me a story of how he watched a monkey pick up a bottle of water and fill it up and actually start drinking from it I mean you're driving around and these animals are just like jumping over your car and it's all this intense scenery happening rapid adaptation anytime you throw something at them they find a way to use it next time you come through it's pretty sad so have you all been there? Yeah, a bunch. Yeah. Do you think there'd be a video maybe film there? Would it be a good surfer blood video place? That is something that we have not thought about but I don't know if they let us like hang out with like maybe like the like the herbivores and like the less vicious animals and the lion. It would be play while driving. We could all just be driving in the van, playing in the back of a truck. As cliche as that is, but it's not cliche because there are animals all around, you know. So it's cool. Did they let you film there? Uh, they could. We haven't asked. I mean. I wouldn't be surprised if they've filmed there before. It's a very scenic location, so. You could also check out Butterfly World, couldn't you? Butterfly mm-hmm. World. But- Butterfly World. Yeah, Butterfly World. It's in Miami. It's like a. Yeah, no, I've seen it. Butterfly grow house, basically. Yeah. Story from there. I got bit by a spider when I was six or seven at Butterfly World. Uh, my mom started freaking out because they were like, I, "My mom's Hispanic." And she's like, "Why are there spiders in the Butterfly World?" Yeah. I had a really bad, huge, like swollen thing on my knee when I got bit by a spider. I was so young, so scared. Never went to Butterfly World again. You lucky man. Could have been a brown recluse. What is it like exactly, Butterfly World? Uh, there's a lot of mermaids. No, that's Mermaid World. Sorry. <laughs> uh, basically, um, a garden type uh, area with just a bunch of butterflies. It's really nice. Just... So much to do in 
Florida. Yeah, it's very pleasant. And uh, then there's like the. It's very zen. There's also the Jesus theme park. Oh yeah. Oh no. Uh, oh no no the, no. It's like the the Holy World. The Holy Land experience. Yeah, yeah. It's right across from the Mall of Millennium. Um. Uh, so it's it's great. You can go to the mall and then you can go to this world. that's like, I don't know, like Bill, like zero. Bill Maher covered it in uh, Religious a little bit actually. Yeah, and it's a. It's kind of a scary place. You like drive past it and you see the, how they're like renovating it for the new seasons and stuff like that. It's, it's, really, it's really, it's really nice. It's like Walmart, Target, and then you got McDonald's. It's like a trifecta, and then right in the middle, there's Holy Land um, and the mall. Yeah. So basically, it's like the closest you can get to dying and going to heaven. <laughs> the summation of Florida, right? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty much. Speaking of which, Creed, aren't they your neighbors? They are. There's a lot of... Florida has a rich musical history. Um, Creed is one band from Florida. Limpet. On the Christian sort of tip, right? Um, well, that's kind of ambiguous. I don't know if they are full, fully outed uh, Christian band. Um, Leonard Skinner's from Jacksonville, too. Something else that we're all pretty proud of. <laughs> What's really interesting is you guys, speaking of butterflies, you guys are booked by Michelle... Cable. From... Panache. Uh, Brooklyn? No, from Panache. Panache. Who also books Blow... Fly. Blowfly, yeah. Blowfly, the legendary rapper. Do you guys know the legendary rapper Blowfly? He's from Miami. Or he lives in Miami now. Have you done any gigs with him at all? We were we had one set up, but uh, somehow it fell through. I'd, I'd love to play with him, though. We, there's talks. There's, there's talks about a West Palm Beach show. Probably going to happen. Oh, yeah. He was supposed to play Respectables with us, right? Yeah. His publicist actually... Um, or no, his manager actually uh, wrote a show review for us once. That was really nice. Really cool. Really Is that cool. Tom? Yeah, I believe so. Uncle Tom. It's cabin. <laughs> Uncle Tom, the drummer for Blowfly. And Blowfly, he really loves the Cracker Barrel chain. I love Cracker Barrel. They used to have these uh, potato egg scramble things I used to eat all the time. Stop making those. Stop going there. Don't eat it anymore. Yeah, horrible experience with Cracker Barrel, though. I, when we were, we, I did not have a horrible experience with Cracker Barrel. Coming home from CMJ, everybody was catching the flu, and we all went to Cracker Barrel and ate it, and it like, fermented in our stomachs. And are there Cracker Barrels in Canada? I don't think there are, but I once interviewed rapper T-Pain. Oh, yeah. That guy's cool. And he hated Cracker Barrel, too. That's a good thing to have in common with someone, I think. But it's nice that you have in common with Blowfly. I'm liking the barrel. I like the collard greens, and I like the games, the triangles with the pegs. Um, I've gotten, you know, you, it's like you skip oh, pegs yeah, and you like take them off when you do it. Yeah, yeah, but if you leave, like, one, you're, like, really smart, apparently, according to the to the instructions. Um, but I left one one time, so. Surfer blood, specifically Marcos and Brian, you guys, you really love Subway and Pep Boys, don't you? How did you come to that conclusion? Don't you like the Pep Boys because fluids can be let loose at Pep Boys? Oh my god. Did you? No. That was not a a real interview. That guy guy decided to to post um, a fake interview. What was that all about there, Marcos? Please explain. Pep Boys. Um, What is Pep Boys first for the people that don't know? Pet Boys is a, uh, <laughs> say, uh, isn't that where you take your car to go get uh, oil changes and tires rotated and whatnot? But you were saying there's some sort of story that wasn't an actual interview that I read. The it was it was a little bit exaggerated. Um, we've tried getting in touch with the guy, I think but he, um, he took it out of context is what happened. Yeah. And just ran with it. He seemed like he had an imagination for sure. I was there and they were grossly misquoted. So no no comment. 
you don't want to clear this up at all, Marcos, about the Pep Boys. I love the story. Pep Boy. Like, it's great you mentioned a tire place. Like, Surfer Blood, I mentioned surfing, but tires. That's like hot rods. That fits in with the theme. No comment. <laughs> Marcos really likes cars. Really, really likes cars. Yeah. Pep Boys is awesome. I hang out there frequently. <laughs> Surfer Blood, being from Florida, as you mentioned, there's lots of rock stars and stuff that live around there. Which rock stars live near you? Did Celine Dion really live near you at one time? I don't know, but I know Jack Nicholas lives near us. Rod Stewart, Jimmy Buffett. Um, like Iron Maiden, too, don't they live nearby? Like a lot of retired rockers and non-retired ones? Uh, Bruce Springsteen, like, goes to the gym with, like, my friend's mothers all the time, you know? So it's, it's a very strange... Donald Trump's kind of like a rock star. He lives in Palm Beach. Vanilla Ice... Oh yeah, he lives in Jupiter. He's always floating around everywhere. He, he's a Walmart shopper. I've seen him there. Surfer Blood, you guys played in New York City at Santos under WK's club. Yep, that's true. But you also played the Bowery. Yes, we did play the Bowery Ballroom. And Blondie was there. Yeah, um, she was. She was around. I didn't get a chance to see her, but I heard you know whispers that she was there. I was walking up the stairs, and she kind of walked right by me. It gave me this, like, you know, this kind of you-know-me look. I'm not really going to acknowledge you, but she's like, yeah. But um, she looks great. I mean, yeah. Now, when I think of Blondie, I kind of also think a little bit about Hit Me With Your... Best Shot. Yes, and some people have compared that song by Pat Benatar to the song by Surfer Blood called... I don't know. <laughs> Swim, yeah. Have you heard that comparison? No, but... Nobody makes sense. <laughs> kind of, yeah. We get a lot of... Yeah. We heard Boston, too, but I don't see that. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Needle in the camel's eye. I mean, you know, you know, the, you know the tune, right? Help me with it. Um, dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. But the next part, the next part. Yeah, totally, but that's... that's yeah. No, 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 what I'm trying to say... Let it be clear, that is the main influence on Swim, right? For the most part. It's not Pat Penatar. Aside from Pet Boys. And Andrew WK, who, is, who we just mentioned is also like, kind of like what I was, like when I, when I hit those chords, it's just like, I'm like, Andrew WK, like, you know? Thank you, Andrew WK. I second that. Thank you very much. I actually found out about him because when I was in high school, he was on the morning announcements, like the theme song. Like they would change it up every like marking period, um, and he was there for a whole nine weeks um, as the as the the intro song. So that's how. And I was what like, was party party hard, hard party hard. When uh, it's time to party, we're gonna party hard. High school was that? That's a pretty cool high school. That is a rock and roll high school. I went to um, a, a school called um, uh, Dreyfus, Alexander W. Dreyfus. We, all of us except for Thomas, went at one point. Uh, we both graduated from there. They graduated from different schools. Yeah, and it was it was a, it was a cool. It was an art school. You uh, major in what art form you wanted to specialize in, and yeah, it was a little more liberal, and things were pretty cool there. What about some Orlando bands like the Jacuzzi Boys? They're from Miami, actually. But oh, sorry about that. No, no, yeah, Miami. It's okay. Florida bands. Gomac from Orlando. They broke up, but I used to love them. They're awesome. My old band actually played with Gomac all the time. I was in a band with, um, uh, it was me, my friend Joe from San Francisco, and this kid Patrick, but he was really into school, so he would never leave to play out of town show, so TJ would come along. So essentially, safe to say TJ was an active member in that band, and we played with Gomac, and that's, we played in their old band, which was called Weird Wives, in Miami, and after the show, we went to that after party. And if it weren't for those two bands, this band wouldn't exist. And Diplo. 
And Di- well, yeah, and Dippo, yeah. Also, Holiday Shores, Great Band out of Tallahassee, and uh, yeah, Jacuzzi Boys from Miami, and then we also have. Tor- I think it's all wet too, like Shores. That's kind of wet. Surfer Blood. That's wet. Jacuzzi Boys. That's kind of wet, right? But we're just we're- Torch, a Miami band. So oh, that's pre- okay. That ruins it. Yeah, that's pretty much the antithesis. Yeah, we're, we're just um, we're all about bringing the sunshine to the big city. That's what I like to say. Uh, Surfer Blood. What was it like playing with Jay Riotard? It was great because we're all huge fans. So like. Um, yeah, and we got to meet him, and he was he was cool to us. Like I'd heard some stuff that he was like a real um, uh, that he could like be a real prick sometimes. But he was he was cool when he was talking to us, and yeah, and it's a it's a shame what happened to him. Because I read a review of that gig, but it said it didn't catch you because you went on like at eight p.m. or something. Yeah, yeah, we, we went on we went on early, but uh, but we got to we got to hang hang out with him quite a bit, and he was he was really really nice guy for sure. I mean, we're we were huge fans before, and actually we found out uh, what happened the day of the Bowery Ballroom show. Uh, in New York, so that was kind of a bummer. We were a little down, but yeah, I mean, it was his last headlining show ever that we played with him. It was just, it was a really weird experience because we also had a bad experience with uh, this band Maserati, Jerry Fuchs. We played a one-off show with him, and he passed away as well. So I don't know. Just to have it happen again is really kind of crazy. We're, we feel like we're cursed or something. I don't know, but we we got to know those guys on. On not a personal level, but we, we were backstage talking to them all the time, and they were both really cool dudes, so we were really yeah. upset when we yeah. found out they passed away. Well, it's nice you have the good memory then. Yeah, yeah we, do, we do have a good memory, and it's a, it's a shame what happened to um, uh, the guy from Maserati, too. Like, he was trying to get out of an elevator shaft, and he, um, uh, he, his jacket got caught, and he fell you know, down like a bunch of floors. Um, just really crazy. I don't know. Yeah, definitely good memories, for sure. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Surfer Blood? Um, start a band. Yeah. <clears throat> and move to Tofino, BC, home of the number one surf spot in North America. As rated by a magazine, which I don't know. Uh, you said surfing magazine? Is that what you well, said? I meant like a surfing magazine or something like that. Yeah, surfing magazine. <laughs> uh, bands don't fear the Reaper or Florida because uh, Florida. Is actually, you know, there, there's we've had some of our greatest shows in Florida. It's, you know, I feel like bands are kind of afraid to venture down there. But all those theme parks, they want to go there, don't they? Yeah, it would be a nice pit stop in between shows. Like the Lion Country, you got to do the video there. Lion Country Safari? I've, we've never thought of that. That's actually a great idea. I can hardly wait for that. A Butterfly World and a Holy Land experience. I mean, just all this great the theme park. Why are bands afraid? Um, I, I mean, because of because of Butterfly Land and Holy Land, and uh, it's. I would be afraid too. JP, why should people care about Surfer Blood? Because I think we write really cool music. All right, well, thanks so much, Surfer Blood. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. Stress stinks, arid works. Uh, almost do 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 do. Uh. Do do. <laughs> <laughs>
And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Surfer Blood with Swim. And before that, an interview with Surfer Blood. Coming up, an interview with Schnoop. Doggy Dog, a brand new interview with Snoop Doggy Dog. So if you're easily offended, please tune out now. We're going to play a few songs before Snoop Doggy Dog appears, but to start tuning out now after small children take them away, because some of the language that Snoop Doggy Dog uses might not be appropriate for your ears if you think the language that Snoop Doggy Dog talks is filthy, and you might. So please tune out if you're easily offended Snoop Doggy Dog, a brand new interview with Snoop Doggy Dog coming up. But first, here's another one from Surfer Blood, Twin Peaks, in honor of the 20th anniversary of Twin Peaks, and then also a track by The Bat Toosies, a band featuring Sylvain Sylvain of the New York Dolls and Cheetah Chrome from The Dead Boys. They're doing here a version of Davy Allen and the Arrows blues theme, and I'd like to dedicate this to Malcolm McLaren, an, ma- an early manager of the New York Dolls. And then Snoop Doggy Dog.
Yabba dabba do, it's your boy Big Snoop Dogg and you're watching No I Watch Video Vault. And you know what channel you on? Yeah, bitch, you, you bet not change the dizzle, my nizzle. Church. Who are you? Snoop D.O. Double G. Snoop, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you for having me, Nardwar. It's a pleasure and a treat to be here again with you. Snoop, right off the bat, I wanted to ask you about this gentleman right here, Buzz Aldrin. You worked with Buzz Aldrin, the moon guy. Yeah, the man on the moon. Me and Buzz and uh, a couple of rappers got together and did a song with him. He was actually a cool cat, man. He was rather down to earth. How did that all happen? That's amazing. Like you rapping outer space. Uh, funny or die, uh, dot com. I think that's the name of it. Um, they hit me up and suggested that me and Buzz get together because Buzz was a fan of mine, and I love what he did, being one of the first guys to walk on the moon. So it was a natural, you know, combination. You know, us being highly innovative. You understand what I'm saying? Snoop Doggy Dog, it's amazing. I've been interviewing you for 10 years now. Do you remember the first time I talked to you on the set of the movie Bones in 2000? 10 years! Mm, I do remember that. This is where I shot Bones at in Vancouver. And here we are 10 years later at the Metropolitan Hotel. In Vancouver, B.C. In Vancouver, B.C., Canada. And people really have enjoyed our interviews over the years. Do you know that, Snoop? Yeah, because they've been rather different, you know what I'm saying? Because most guys who interview me don't have as much personality as you, don't have as much, you know, courageousness. You know, you courageous and you got a lot of personality. So it brings the best out of me and you at the same time. Well, thank you for the kind words, Snoop Dogg. And I want to say our interviews have inspired people. Check out this cartoonist Mitch Clem drew this drawing of me. And look who's in the corner. Oh, no. Big Snoop Dogg. I like that. He got James Brown on the bottom, too, huh? And Tommy Chong. Wow. What a combination. And Nardwarty Human Serviette right in the middle. And you're bigger than everybody else. Well, uh, to a lot of people, I am now. Because check it out. Turn this over and look also what Mitch Clem drew. Nardward, the Canuck. Nardward, the Canuck. So you're a Vancouver Canuck. I am Nardwar the Canuck from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I was wondering, Snoop, when is the interview going to happen at your house? I've been trying to set this up for three years because you kindly said the last time I talked to you, I could interview you at your house. You are more than welcome to come to my house. You just got to get a ticket and come see me. Get at my partner. He'll let you know how to get through the you know, door. Once you get through the door, you get past the dogs, you get past the dogs, and you get to me. So I have been trying to set it up for three years. I haven't had too much luck. Well, I'm going to make that happen for you, OG, because, you know, I got love for you in that jacket you're wearing right now. Thank you so much, Snoop Doggy Dog. Speaking of wearing stuff, Snoop, I've asked you this before, but do you think you will ever, ever wear a dress like Flip Wilson? Um, never. Never. I, I respect Flip Wilson for what he did, his craft, as far as being a comedian and taking it to the next level and doing... What was the character he played? Was it... Geraldine? Yeah, that is Geraldine. That is Geraldine on the flip side. But uh, Flip, you did that. You were a great inspirator. You did that. You inspired Jamie Foxx to do Wanda, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Tyler Perry doing Madeer and all that. That's a beautiful thing, but that's, that's not my world. That's his lane. And I have a gift for you, Snoop Doggy Dog. Right here we have a Flip Wilson VHS for you to enjoy. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I love Flip Wilson. They had a special one with Flip Wilson and uh, Richard Pryor on the other night where it was just showing all of their variety show special. That's beautiful.
Snoop Dogg, speaking of wearing stuff and jerseys and stuff, I saw that you were wearing a Maple Leafs hockey jersey in 1993 on Arsenio Hall. Yeah, because the Maple Leafs reminded me of a chronic leaf, so I was representing that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that the Canada flag was so close to the chronic leaf. I just liked the way it looked, so I was representing and it was blue. But that's amazing. That's some OG hockey stuff, like 93, repping the Leafs. I was repping the Leafs. I was repping the Penguins. I was repping the Oilers. The, everybody. I was the first rapper to wear hockey jerseys in videos, on stage, everywhere I went. That was my look, you know what I'm saying? Because I was trying to do something that was different. And I respected hockey because hockey is a tough sport. And it takes a real man to play hockey. So I was trying to be different by doing that. Snoop Doggy Dog, what about the movie Black Ice, Willie O'Ree, that hockey movie? I really wanted to do that movie. I hope they do it, man. Willie O'Ree, I had a chance to meet him, man. He He's a great guy, you know what I'm saying, and very in-depth. He was one of the greatest guys to ever slide across that ice, you know what I'm saying? He paved the way for a lot of these, you know, hockey players that's doing what they're doing. So I really would like to see that story come to life. Snoop, one of the times I was trying to talk to you is when you were doing Hockey Night in Canada. I was trying to get down to L.A., but you were busy doing Hockey Night in Canada. What do you remember about that? You rapped on Hockey Night in Canada to Bob Cole. I mean, that's what it's all about, man. I mean, Snoop Dogg is, is an international individual who loves people, and people love Snoop Dogg for who he is. I can connect and, and communicate with any world or any realm of people, and hockey is a great sport, and I fell in love with it, and once I fell in love with it, I started to get more into it, so whenever they called on me to do things like interviews on Hockey Night, why not? And you did that rap to Bob Cole, which was great. Like, that's equivalent to being like a Monday night football. That's big hockey night in Canada. Yes, sir. I mean, that's what I do. You know what I'm saying? I'm big Snoop Dogg. Big Snoop Dogg in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And Snoop Dogg, you have the song called Serial Killer. Serial Killer. And speaking of Serial Killer, the song, you mentioned Watts in it. What can you tell the people about the Watts Prophets and their record? Wow. You got the Watts Prophets album? This is heavy. This record right here was a lot of talking. They did a lot of talking, but the way they talked over the music and the things that they said and just the... Uh, in 1971, too, like rapping black in a white world. Yeah, they was going hard. I remember the song, Hello, Niggas. That was a hell of a song on there, you know what I'm saying? It was just, they had a hell of a bass sound to it, the piano. I mean, it was just, it, it symbolized what we were going through in America as African-Americans at the time. And this was a very, very strong record. And I'm glad that you brought this, Nora, because this is a piece of history that people need to know about. And DJ Quick has sampled it, too. Have you ever thought of sampling it or anything like that? I don't have the record. Maybe if I had the record, I could sample it. That's for you, Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh, Lord, I appreciate it. Now I can't sample it. Snoop Doggy Dog, here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. St. Ides, you did some sampling for that, didn't you? did a record of St. Ives. Yeah, St. Ives was the shit, man. I, I used to roll with them. That was a, a beer company, and then we converted into a juice company because we felt like the beer was getting too played out, and we wanted it more appealing to people. So we made it a fruit juice company, and it became something real big, and we did music and CDs and mixtapes and just keeping the spirit of the West Coast alive. One person, though, that I think I like a bit more than St. Ives was Cal Worthington. I love Cal Worthington. And his dog, Spot. I love those commercials. They're amazing. Oh, that is. I, I grew up off those commercials, man. Right outside of Long Beach. Who is Big Slice? Big Slice is my, uh, I guess you would call him my, um, mechanic. No, I wouldn't call him. What is the word? If you're good at math, you're a mathematician, right? If you're good at cars, what would you be? Big slice, I guess. Exactly. Fuck it. And I think he made like a special car for your security, didn't he? Yeah, that big head fucker always making special cars. 
Snoop, will there ever be chicken noodle Snoop? Chicken noodle Snoop with a blunt on the side. Why not? When you were in Vancouver a couple times ago, did you really order dinner from 14 different restaurants? I think 14 different people probably ordered dinner for me, trying to, you know, please me and not knowing what I wanted, and they brought it back wrong, as opposed to just knowing what I like and getting it right on the first time. I got a partner in Vancouver named Ian, who basically takes care of all the needs that I need, and he had been doing that since I shot Bones out here, and, um... You know, I don't depend on nobody but him, but a lot of people always show me love because this is like a second home, so people, you know, go overboard with trying to do things for me. What have you eaten in Vancouver, Snoop, so far? Church's Chicken, uh, Pizza Hut, uh, A&W's, Denny's. Speaking of chicken, Roscoe's, bringing Larry King to Roscoe's, that was an amazing moment, Snoop Dogg. What can you tell people about that? Larry King at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. It was a... a great moment in black history to have Larry King bring his black ass in Roscoe's chicken and waffles and eat some shit that he'd been dying to eat for years. And then you suggested those drink names, didn't you? Yes, sir. The Tiger Woods. Yes, sir. And Arnold Palmer. Beforehand, you feel me? I called it beforehand. Snoop Dogg, what is going on in this photo right here? It seems amazing. What is this exactly? This is a... um. A wax figure of Tupac at the Madame Toussaint um, Wax Museum in Vegas, I believe. And that's me standing right next to him because they had just did a wax figure of me. And it looks just like me, just like that, look like Tupac. Look like that's me and him. If you look back far, like that's really me and him together. You can't tell it's wax until you get all the way up on it. Have you been to the Black Wax Museum in Baltimore? There's one in Baltimore. Oh, I have never even heard of it. Yeah, there's a Black Wax Museum in Baltimore. Are you serious? Yes, I'm totally serious. The rapper Rai Rai told me about it. I need to get up on that. I, I never heard of that. I would like to be in there. Snoop Doggy Dog, of all the roasts you've been to, do you think Lisa Lampanelli is the funniest? She's hilarious, isn't she? She is funny. I like Lisa Lampanelli. She's got a big mouth and a big cunt. Speaking of dirty things, Snoop Doggy Dog, Blowfly, you finally met him. Years ago, here in the Metropolitan Hotel in 2002, I showed you my Blowfly record, which you took. I had to take it because, I mean, Blowfly, Clarence Reed is a favorite of mine, and he's been in my household since I was a kid, so I finally fucking met him, you know, via you putting me back in the world of loving Blowfly again. I met Tom, Uncle Tom, his drummer, and... um, he came to my show and he hung out with me for about four or five hours. And we just had a great time. He talked to me, he rapped to me, he talked shit about everybody that was with me. I mean, he was just the guy that I thought he was. Snoop Doggy Dog, what can you tell the people about this VHS cassette right here? I was curious, did you put this out? Oh my, Kev. This is what the fuck I've been trying to find. My Smoke Fest Volume 1. This is the first one I ever put out, cuz. Look, this is the first one that I put out. This is my first movie that I directed, put up the money for, shot it. See what it says on the back? Writer, director, and executive producer, Snoop Doggy Dog. You don't even have a copy yourself? No, I don't. I did this with Donald, I did this with Donald Randall, who was Dolomite's Rudy Ray Moore's manager at the time when he was alive. Now, check out 
out where I got this right there. You took the wrapping away. This is quite amazing. Look where it started. It started here. 50 cents? No, it started at 50. Records for fourteen ninety five, And it ended up at? 50 cents at Lily's book. In Vancouver, went to 50, I thought it was anything, 50 cents for your actual VHS. That's dope. So would you like this too, Snoop Doggy Dog? Gladly give you a dollar for it. Wow, okay, we'll do that then. Compensated for your time and your troubles. I've been looking for this shit, homie, on some real shit. I've really been trying to find, this is my first one I found, uh, volume two. They got volume two, you can get that anywhere. This shit right here is rare. This is the one where I directed it, I shot it. I got in trouble behind this shit, too. There's some shit on there that's raw and uncut. And now it's back in your hands for nobody to see ever again. Right, Snoop? No, I bought. So, Snoop, here you are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but Canada now owns Death Row. Did you hear about that? Some Canadians now own Death Row Records? I heard that. I really heard that. Some weird things happened at Death Row, like there was a Death Row auction. I think they sold one of your MTV Gold Records. They sold Suge Knight's underwear. That was some really weird stuff holding up with Canada. Underwear? What the hell they do that for? They sold Suge Knight's underwear. That's nice. How much did they get? I think it was $5, or maybe it... That's, that's awfully high. Snoop, do you know the band The Gourds at all? They have a song called Gin and Juice. Do you know the band The Gourds? No, The Gourds. They redid my shit. They own some country shit, and they hard in the motherfucker. I fucks with them. I like them. They redid my shit on the country with a, with a twist on it. Snoop Dogg, winding up here, I also found this clipping, and it was from a local paper. And what does it say there in the corner? Top dog. Did Snoop Dogg's fondness for BC but cause him... To miss a flight after a chilly whack concert. That's what I was wondering. Were you hanging out at the Amsterdam Cafe? That's what they were saying. You were hanging out at the Amsterdam Cafe. Plus, chilly whack is the best name for a place to do a gig, isn't it? It really is. That shit is sweet. That's a tight picture. I was in Amsterdam because I got an Amsterdam hat on. I got on about five different gold chains. That was at the Amsterdam Cafe in Vancouver. That's what I guess I was just wondering. Do you remember that being late? Would you remember the Amsterdam Cafe down there in Hastings? Did you ever check that out? They've had a picture of you outside sometimes. Yeah, I always go there when I get off that plane, you know what I'm saying? Because it's legal to smoke there. So when I get off the plane, I usually go for broke. They got me in here with uh, Sasha Barra Cohen and Oscar nominee David Strathairn. Who are these pricks? Not Snoop Doggy? Dog. And Dog, Snoop, you're always on the lookout for new talent. Mayor Hawthorne, you have Mayor Hawthorne. He's dope. He is dope. He's one guy that caught my eye with his sound, with his whole persona, the way he presents his music, and just his love and passion for the old school as far as trying to re, you know, bring it back to life and bring a rebirth to it. So I love his music. I'm down with him so much. There's another person I wanted to ask you about. I didn't get a chance to speak to you on your last tour, but you had Lady of Rage with you. Mm-hmm. What can you tell people about Lady of Rage, like female rappers? Lady of Rage is signed to my wife, Boss Lady Entertainment, so we're working on her record right now. She's on the process of coming back. She's still doing what she's doing. She's acting as well. You know, you may have seen her on Friday or Friday after next. You've seen her on the Steve Harvey show, so she's doing her thing as far as acting, but she's back in the studio working on another record. Whatever happened to Doggy's Angels, the all-girl group that you're working with? Them? Doggy's Angels. Yeah. Them was my homegirls. I mean, you know, I think they broke up. You know what I'm saying? You know, success is a mug, man. When they got success, they all wanted to be solo as opposed to staying together, which was the best thing for them, which I thought. You know, that's why I put them together as a group. But, you know, some things are made to, you know, learn from. 
Well, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Snoop Doggy Dog? I just want to say to all the people in Vancouver, BC, I love and appreciate y'all for supporting me for so long and just always being a, you know, a place of relaxation for myself and a, a comfort zone whenever I want to get away and just want to be to myself and enjoy some good BC bud. Vancouver is always the place to be. And also, I'm happy that I was able to help you out and get that VHS for you. My friend Leora actually found the VHS, the Smoke Fest VHS. Hey, Leora, good looking out. You's a bad motherfucker for that, man. I've been really trying to find it. I actually went on eBay and tried to buy the shit from a motherfucker that was going to sell it to me for like $40. And I'm glad I bought it for a dollar. Leora, you's a real motherfucker. And also the Watts Profits, too. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Now, that's heavy. Be on the look for, now, that's going to be on my next album. You're going to hear some of that, so I'm going to have to give you a shout-out on my next album. So look on the credits on the back. A double shout-out to my nephew from Vancouver. You know what I'm saying? The Canuck, Mr. Nard. Stay hard, Ward. Well, thanks so much, Snoop. Keep on rocking in the free world, and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doot. Yeah. Rock out with your cock out.
my money and my money on my mind. Rolling down the street, talking and up, sipping on gin and juice, baby. And 
you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. That was the Gourds with their cover of Gin and Juice by Snoop Doggy Dog. And before that, an interview with Snoop Doggy Dog. Thank you, Val, from Folk Oasis, for telling me, Nardwar the Human Serviette, about the Gourds. Finally got a chance to ask Snoop about the Gourds. Right now, here is a band that I asked Snooped about as well. The Watts Prophets on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and might end with a bit of live mud honey too. Know it. Whatever your particular anesthetic is that you hold on to so desperately, the thing I mean that makes you think you know who you are, Whatever that thing is you allow to keep you sane, your ace in the hole, the psyche that keeps you from trying to guess at what your pimp has in store for you. Whatever keeps you from screaming out at this very moment in absolute and sheer horror. Whatever you fuck your brain with, nigga, whatever that is, whatever that is, it's a lie. It's a lie. Give reality your brain, sleepy nigga. You fantasize son of Walt Disney. It's a lie. An old off-the-street pimp's con game. The magic for turning human blood into U.S. steel. The thing that seduces you into being satisfied. Pointing to the last tiny patch of flesh you have on your bones as proof of your humanity. And keeps you satisfied thinking yourself human because you live a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a life. I know you. No. Because you live here in his space as I do. Are his image and play his game on each other. No. Thinking it's your own. I know you. No. You can't live in an insane asylum, play an insane game with a madman, and be objective, no. brother. No. Ho. At least prostitutes get paid. No. Yes, while you pin your hopes, your sanity, and most of all, your individuality on that rickety old con game, a web of words, while the master pimp helps you paint your individual death wish in your head, feel who you are. No. No. Feel for a split second the obscenity of who you've got to be. No. No. Really. No. In actions, I mean. No. A drippy crotched, open-legged old cut, defined by, ordered up for, and delivered to your jobs on Monday morning. The greatest eight hours you'll spend in your entire life, ho. Is a color television really worth that? In this filth, this insidious insanity, this nightmare of deception and hypocrisy, in this United States of America, careful not to awaken the sleeping. We, you and I, wander around through a sea of our own shit rotten bodies in this pimp whore's game you pretending it's everything else in this sewer 
in which no one can escape playing. It's normal for brothers to pimp sisters and wives because their fathers pimp them. Or for television stations to pimp their audiences for perverted sponsors who whore for their own commercials. In this cancer where the voters bend over for their congressmen and senators whose asses ain't safe either. In this canker sore from which your total nourishment comes. Here where your bourgeoisie brain grows and thrives. Here you're going to try to convince me that because you found someone else's shoulders to stand on so you only get shit on your shoes. Or that with your kind of money, you could afford to buy someone else's nose and throat to eat here with. Simply because you can afford it now? Do you think your cunt doesn't still swing open like a garden gate if and when it's needed? Ho? Do you really think you freed yourself of America's special insidiousness of being inside you? No, brother. America's a condition. This is shit as far as the eye can see, and we're in it. My only question is, don't you really smell anything? Doesn't the food taste a little strange to you? Doesn't your ass hurt? Or are you just pretending that this isn't shit just because they let you watch television in here? No! Gracias.